strength It's a sword of power Sword of power Dragon and earth Soaring through the sky Spread your wings Pretty much a cat. Twitching his tail, giving you eyes. I'm sorry, that's a cat. Am I crazy over here? My man be looking like a cat. Will everyone accept that? Find out this week on Ballin' Out Super. All right. Huh. All yeah, right. I like that. Yeah. You think a cat? Yeah, dude, he's. I mean, do, I th- do we think he's a cat? He's very. I don't think he's a cat. It, or do you think he's a cat? He has the attitude of a cat. Like one of those hairless cats? But he doesn't have any well, wrinkles. He seems very Like Mr. Smooth. Bigglesworth. Like a smooth little cat. Jeremy, how about you bring in the show? Hey, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ballin' Out. Super! Does it, does it clip to keep yes, us from peeking? Yes, That's it does. Yes, it does. Yes, we're we're here in the Zoom zone. Hi, folks. I'm Jeremy Hammond. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Katie Rose Leon. Zoom, zoom, zoom. And Alex Patak. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest this week, comedian and um, uh, one-time star of Space Trash, James Austin Johnson. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Ballin' Out Super. Last week on Ballin' Out Super... <laughs> Alex Patak's annoying voice annoyed the other two. Nice. <laughs> nice. Get his no, ass. That's not Get what happened ass. last week. That it was nothing like that. It was uh, <laughs> three friends having a great time watching shows. You weren't there. <laughs> All right. Last time on Ballin' Out Super. Alex Patak wouldn't stop eating salad in the microphone, crunching away at lettuce ribs. I am I think, saving I, half of a salad for this show, uh-huh. and this is how you treat me when I could be munching I think it's down. cute that it's cute that you guys watch Dragon Ball Z, specifically Dragon Ball Z. Did, did in the early episodes of this podcast, did you watch Dragon Ball? We watched Dragon Ball Super. That's why it's balling out Super James. Okay, Dragon Ball Super. Now I now you sent me something called Dragon Ball Kai. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. I'm sure you've talked about all this on the podcast, but can you tell me what the difference is between all of the different versions of Dragon Ball Z? Yes, I can. And as a matter of fact, I love to do it. So (laughs) Dragon Ball Z is the middle part of the Japanese show Dragon Ball, which everything with Goku in it in Japan just called Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball, and it's just further into the series Dragon Ball. Well, That's right, gonna, but for licensing what you're rights, be looking at is is uh, regionality. You know, we're we're talking about regionality. Like a, um, yeah, like a yes. sparkling white becomes a champagne when it's made in the Champagne region. 
right okay you know dragon ball I becomes see. dragon ball z when it comes from the z province of, of uh, Japan. when it comes from the zone <laughs> when As dragon ball so- is in the zone that's when they were really in the zone was those episodes god gotcha, uh, saying saga so- through busaga and then to further explain kai is a re-edit nickelodeon did in the 2000s that takes let's say 15 percent of the standing around and gasping and just puts that on the on the editing room floor chop chop and uh i'm gonna have to watch that then uh i i actually i love dragon ball and i watch i i have this like I have no discipline with it, but I am learning Japanese for fun in my mm. spare time sometimes. Now, could I have really taken advantage of COVID lockdown, nothing happening, and really gotten more into Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, learning yes, Japanese? Could've. Yes, I could have. Did I want to do that? No, because I was very fretful about um, my economic prospects and mm-hmm. um, other th- other legitimate concerns made it not so fun to be like, okay, well, I don't know if my industry that I've been working literally since I was 10 years old to, to survive in will exist tomorrow. Um, let's, let's, let's sharpen up our katakana. Um, it, it didn't become a priority. How uh, far did you bad. get in? But um, I do watch, I watch Dragon Ball in Japanese always and Dragon Ball Z in Japanese. Um, I got, um, you know, way past the strongest man in the world competition. I think I got halfway through the, I want to say the red ribbon army <laughs> stuff. Okay. Um, that's I a good, maybe isn't good that point. far. That's maybe only like, yeah, I think we're, that's a good point. We're maybe on a little bit of a delay here, but I think Alex was, was trying to get at uh, how far into Japanese did you get? Because Alex has also been learning Japanese during the quarantine <laughs> since March. Oh, I, I've, I, before I quit, I had a pretty good handle on just reading hiragana phonetically and really not even learning any vocab or grammar or anything. I didn't even get that far in because mm. I figured that the best thing I could do is just get a handle on looking at all the various kana and kanji. And I didn't even start with the Chinese kanji. I didn't good use of the word kanji. And here hey, I thank you. No, I got like a cool website you can check out. It's easy and fun, and you learn it. And uh, I just want to keep you chugging along, Mister Man. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I not just keep, because I, the world really deserves Japanese Trump. Absolutely, oh, yeah. they do. <laughs> See, I learned. I I know all of it. I know it pretty well. I think I speak Japanese a lot better than Chef Morimoto does. I. Uh, <laughs> this is disturbing. <laughs> Uh, With the camera off, it's really upsetting me. <laughs> See, you know, because the Japanese, they are not very direct people. Everything's vague and indirect. So you have to be like, and by the way, I'm talking about myself. There's no I, me, none of that. You go, wadashiwa. You do a big wadashiwa. <laughs> no. Sorewa, sorewa. You know, I do all of it. I do all of it. Ich bin ein Berliner. Oh, wow. It's what we deserved. Yeah. <laughs> Much trying. like the Batman expression. I love that. That was great. And Katie, um, I'm sorry that you had to hear. No, it's okay. I listen. I'm just here to make any 
distasteful jokes slightly more acceptable. So right. carry on, Phyllis. Many, many things hurt Katie, <laughs> but she suffers for the rest of us that we might blossom in yeah. this cold world. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. But James, yeah. you should know yeah. that as really someone- the, who, the Kikio of the group. <laughs> you're the Kikio of the group, exactly. We're um, saying it. As, as someone who has been doing the Japanese the entire time, I can tell you, even though I have not given up, I've made very little progress and there is so much left to do that it, uh, I can't really understand anything. It is, you're not just like, not only are you learning a spoken language, but you also are learning a bunch of cultural shit that's actually very important. Like there's no speaking Japanese without understanding the Japanese mind and like the, <laughs> the culture of Japan. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that's like, one of my favorite books, the Japanese mind, the Japanese <laughs> mind. No, it's true. I mean, I like you, you, there's, it, it's just, uh, even with Westernization of all cultures because of, you know, imperialism and the internet and everything, um, you're still like hopeless if you don't understand like, basic things just about Japanese culture. You're not going to be able to learn how to speak like them because it's just, it's very different from ours. And it's taught me the, the lengths to which European culture is like Christianized and like, uh, it, it, you know, and the imperialism stuff too. Like that so much of Eurocentrism. It, it taught me a lot about how shitty it is to be white, basically, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they have a different approach to waiting in lines is a big difference. If you want to go to a oh, restaurant yeah. and then and then you want to go in and uh, get a table, but the tables are full, you don't like tell them and then wait. Because if you do that, you get physically shoved out of a store, which is what happened to me when I did that in Tokyo. So uh, You did what? Hold on, explain this. So I, w I was like trying to find a place to get lunch and I did not speak any Japanese at the time. So I walked in and I said, two, and then a man, both hands shoved me out of the store. <laughs> because there was no room in there for you. They solved that problem for you. Is that what you're saying? I guess you wait outside. You wait outside until- I think maybe you just pissed that guy off. Alex. <laughs> no, I think I think the queue starts outside and I was like cutting the line. I for sure did piss a guy off. Oh, <laughs> you you were thinking this was going to be TGI Friday style. You go in and you talk to a 15-year-old, you know, girl and she lets you know if you get to wait outside or not. She gives you the buzzer and and instead of that happening, you didn't you you couldn't see uh the force for the trees or something. Sumimasen, uh, Koko Day, TGI, Suiyobi Deska. That's a joke why, for my real heads out there. Why is your vocab uh, okay, but then your accent? You make you make zero effort in your Japanese <laughs> accent to sound Japanese. <laughs> like, why kawaii It's important that it never sound like he's actually speaking Japanese. That's the truth. <laughs> You yeah, know, it always has to sound like he's pretending. You sound like uh, my uh, my like super like Christian brother who speaks fluent Spanish, but only like for the longest time, only the way that like a super Republican dude would speak Spanish. Right. <laughs> it's to send a message. You know what it is with the Japanese though is when I lean in and I do the accent. Ain't nobody nobody likes that. Oh yeah, <laughs> nobody you know, on the radio wants that. 
accent's good. It would be bad if you tried to speak English in a, this is what I think Japanese people speaking English sounds like accent. I think mm. that's where you run into your gaijin problems. Now, James, I think you may be mistaken here because I think Alex has a certain type of a voice that uh, nothing can sound serious out of. <laughs> It's a uh, so it's always going to sound. Uh, it's it's probably always going to sound like he's doing racism. <laughs> yeah, I would cast Alex as some sort of fussy duck in a BoJack style animation. <laughs> and I'm just trying to get lunch in Japan. But the duck can't get lunch. Can I get some Japanese breadcrumbs? Come on! <laughs> I'm by the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago Day Lake. Okay. <laughs> Let's move anywhere else. <laughs> well, no, I want to. I want to plumb the full depths of your Japanese knowledge. Um, if you guys think... want to plumb the depths of Alex's Japanese knowledge, please join us behind the paywall for only an additional five dollars a month. There's lots of very bad Japanese back there. There's a whole segment. Yes, oh, we have cute. a jingle. Ah, yeah, I guess we haven't really done that in a while, though. Well, time I, to bring I it back. I guess funny ones is what happened. Gotcha. There was a while where I was like, "Uh oh, I'm finding the funny ones." I um. Anyway, I I. What do you do for immersion, Alex? Immersion? Okay. Yeah. Um. So the first thing I do is close my eyes because if I leave them open, I'm going to know that I am in the West based on everything. <laughs> happening. Uh, uh, I mean, how would you know though? Unless I, 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 how would you know? I mean, most, most, uh, most of, you know, like Tokyo is pretty Westernized. It's not like everything is, uh, what are they called? Shoji screens. There's no Shoji screens. Sure. But I mean, the, the like entire decoration of the rooms is very simple. You would know, you would just know. And so I have right. to close my eyes. I've been doing these classes where uh, a nice CIA man tells you how to speak the language and <laughs> how to uh, ask to speak to the international de department. Um, <laughs> and uh, I learned very formal Japanese there. So if I ever have to talk to like, a shrine protector or somebody or the emperor <laughs> i will have the correct pronunciation for things um and that's just to help you get fluent and then i have a website where i learned vocab that's kind of like a game and i like doing that one i got that from okay. leslie lee shout out leslie lee from the struggle session podcast oh is leslie also learning japanese leslie lived in japan for a few a while so I'm he sure just speaks it already. when he was on the show um, Alex, true. do you do you know this guy's in New York? Do you know Tim Rogers, the video game critic? I do not. Tim Rogers lived in Japan and worked at Sony Computer Entertainment uh, in Tokyo for like ten years, and uh, he learned Japanese by playing Dragon Quest V on a Super Famicom. Um, Sounds and, like a hard uh, way to do it. Well, he's also like a savant who speaks like 20 languages already, but... Uh, oh, yeah, that's a, that'll help. Hey, Alex, <laughs> like he, have you considered being a savant? Have you tried that? <laughs> I would I think tried. about that. I yeah, about it seems that. like a really good avenue for you. I feel I like with your face... I a podcasting savant. Oh? <laughs> that I just show up and then the magic happens. Oh, I do feel magical. That's, that's it. That's what you're feeling. You're welcome. That's what I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a gas leak. 
That's podcast magic. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so James. Oh my god. James, we yeah. like to sometimes uh, when we have guests on, we like to talk about your uh history with with the Dragon Ball franchise. Okay. Um do you remember maybe the first time you ever saw it? So, uh, yes, I do. I remember the first time I saw Dragon Ball Z. This would have been Toonami after school. Uh, for many years, um, I was almost, like, almost entirely raised by my grandparents um, mm-hmm. who were in their 80s. Um, and they, I would sleep at their house. We lived next door to them. But my brothers had a different school schedule. So my parents would drive my brothers to school and I would sleep in an extra hour or so and sleep next door at my grandparents. Um, so I spent every like morning and afternoon with them. And mm-hmm. we were like always, I, so they were like, we moved to Nashville when I was eight or so from Oklahoma City. And then they were like my only friends. I knew one other boy my age at church, but uh, my grandparents were like my only, only friends. Uh, <laughs> and my first time watching Dragon Ball Z was maybe third grade and uh, my grandma would pick me up. We'd go home. I would watch cartoons and I would drink a glass of milk and eat a microwave Kroger brand uh, pizza. And uh, this was my afternoon uh, routine was watching cartoons and um, pizza. I remember, I remember the day that the, uh, uh, Raditz uh, arc began. That was the first Dragon Ball Z I can remember watching at all. Mm-hmm. That's like nine yeah. eleven for the Dragon Ball Z universe. That's really where it began? When that spaceship hit the Earth. Everyone knows where they were on that day. Everyone knows where they were when Raditz's little pod showed up and he was <laughs> like, I've got a cool half of my sunglasses on. I love that a show about violence and power aimed at little boys uh is so emotional that that's what i was struck by watching this episode is like oh yeah so much of dragon ball z is just men considering the purpose of violence and strength like and calmly thinking to themselves about what you to think do. this it's- is calm <laughs> yeah oh no, yeah i mean he's right though he's they right are- it's a show for the fellas it is a show for the fellas. I just always considered it the opposite because there's so much talk about like later on about just like fighting through it instead of feeling anything and just yeah. like being a powerful warrior is better than any family you could ever possibly have. But Katie oh, yeah. Vegeta I mean, cries this episode. It. That is true. I forgot that. But I also, well, we'll get into it, but... There's a lot of sympathy for a man who was blowing up planets not that long ago. Well, but he's sad. (laughs) He is very sad. It is interesting, though. It's a whole show that essentially just is constantly asking the question of, like, does violence just bring more violence? And then not only never has an answer, but doesn't seem at all concerned with it. (laughs) Has anyone ever ever edited in... Tommy Lee Jones's opening and closing monologues from No Country for Old Men into <laughs> into you know the Cell Saga or something. <laughs> I put a boy in an electric chair. He said he was ready to go to hell. He said he liked killing <laughs> all those people. Uh, that's like the only other thing I can think of where the point of it is not the fighting; it's the thinking about thinking about violence. 
Uh, and No Country for Old Men, you could say that the theme of it is all like, oh, America is defined by violence. But the point of the movie is the final 30 minutes when all the violence is done and Tommy Lee Jones is just drinking bad coffee with various fat retired sheriffs. <laughs> right. And that to me is so much of what Dragon Ball is. It's like, they never fight. They fight for like 30 seconds an episode and the rest of it is like, why am I fighting him? He's even more <laughs> powerful than I ever imagined. Uh, is there even I, a purpose when there's so much power in front of me? What's the most you've ever lost in a bean flip? <laughs> is that... <laughs> Is that supposed to be Anton Sugar? Oh, it's yeah, like Anton Buffalo Sugar. Bill. <laughs> Would you fuck me? <laughs> are you doing? Are you doing Adam Driver in Inside Lewin Davis right now? <laughs> I think you've got. I think you've got the wrong. Uh, Cohen. No, that's him. Here. I got a cattle prod gun. <laughs> look out! Hey, look out! I'm Anton Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh wait, jo- Jody Foster is at the door looking for Vegeta and he's like, "Oh, wait, is he a was he a great big super saiyan?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me with that one. And I I am guilty. All right. <laughs> oh, I ate a crouton in the mic. I said I wouldn't do it. God damn <laughs> it. Did it. Alex like man, Jeremy it has croutons in it. <laughs> Jeremy yeah, is literally croutons- going back and forth from the hospital and he's still able to like time manage when to eat before this show. Well, there's plenty of time to eat the crouton if you bring it next to the recording setup is the thing. You gotta hold the crouton in your mouth for a little while to soften it. You gotta push the the, the microphone away to crunch and that was my mistake and I mm. should have known better and the I apologize flaw. to our guest. And to you, why the listener. You, why do you have croutons in a homemade salad? That is mm. a crouton is like that's a restaurant move. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put croutons in a home salad. I live deliciously. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> what is in oh, the man. salad? Tell me about the salad. It's it's basic but decadent. It has a parmesan cheese and croutons and Caesar dressing and some romaine. So it's a Caesar salad. That's right. <laughs> It's a little crazy home creation I've whipped together. Like, named after named after the decadence of the of the Roman emperors themselves. <laughs> Much as their empire has fallen, so too will ours come to pass. The kind to of, celebrate that. I've the kind of salad you'd like to see a a, a pair of courtesans uh, daintily place into your mouth, one fistful at a time. Oh, uh, now I I'm wish I had like, courtesans. Oh, I wish I had courtesans. Oh, I wish. You know, in in the East, they also have courtesans. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to relate something right now? They call them geishas. Yeah, exactly. They call them geishas. Yes, Um, or as we in the West know them, of course, courtesans. Oh, you know what? I was going to bring this up earlier when you're talking about how hard it is to speak Japanese. I feel like the hardest part is that the language is backwards from what ours is because the verbs you mean all it's end verb the final? It's yeah, verb, it's verb final. final. Well, you speak, I mean, it, uh, we're all hey, familiar sorry, with everyone, Yoda. Hey, sorry, everyone, it's verb final. <laughs> we're all familiar with how Yoda speaks. Yoda speaks pretty verb final. Right, but I'm not used to listening to like to deconstructing all of my sentences and changing them to how Yoda would say them. 
Right. I mean, yeah, that's the other thing is like, you're not, you're not just learning how to literally speak in English. You have to do a thing that happens much later in learning a language where you start thinking in that language, like you're setting up another train of thought. Um, because if you're transliterating everything, it's going to sound, you're going to sound like Yoda in Japanese. You're going to sound insane. Right. If you don't speak the language, I mean, you're just going to see numbers. I'm going to see blonde geisha, brunette geisha, redhead geisha. Right. Yes. Um, uh, no, but well, the reason I, I get so stuck on this is because uh, if you write jokes, like you write down a stand-up joke, there's a specific construction to it where uh, to get the laugh, the punchline has to be at the end. And I always think about how yeah. in Japanese, all of your punchlines have to be verbs. Yeah. yeah. Or is that why they the, don't have stand-up? The dramatic... Well, they do have stand-up. They have two-man stand-up. It's, it's, all, um, it's all who's on first. Like that's, it's all that's British how in a way. Yeah, it's, it's two-man stuff. And um, I think... Uh, I mean, that, there's still a drama. There's theatrics to uh, making the verb revealed because like... You know, it's funny to say something like, uh, I, my sister, strongly kissed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like by leaving by leaving the verb for the very end, it does redefine everything that was just said before. Um, but, I mean, English, and especially American English, is so direct. I mean, stand-up is really something that really only happens in American English. Even, even I mean, we spent some time in Britain last year when uh you could and um oh yeah uh, all the stand-up is like uh, uh spinning a yarn it's it's all the yarn spinning there's no like it's jokes. youtube essays it's live youtube it's, essays it's live <laughs> vlogging um which is great because they did invent theater and they did invent writing basically uh english letters but um uh, I mean, they they sure don't have like short, snappy words. You know what I mean? One uh, of my favorite things to do when stand-up still existed was go to shows where the uh, successful English comic visits town and has a breakdown at <laughs> their 13-person yeah. bar show. Yes. Because <laughs> their 10-minute oh, yeah. punchline only had seven minutes for the set. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I miss I, it. I found it. I found it. <laughs> that they didn't like that they don't uh did they not have the did they not grow up with the far side did they not have any one panel damn cartoons like who how are they not learning how to get to the point they had a lot more flip books there's <laughs> <laughs> less far side and then like a hundred far sides put together and you flip through them fast and it's like a little movie I mean, British comedy for the longest time is actually pretty similar to Japanese comedy in some ways that you're watching Dragon Ball Z pretty closely, where it was just a horny old guy uh, walking past like a uh, uh, a uh, window display of like lingerie and then his head explodes as he goes inside. <laughs> like that happens, that happens like 40 times in the original Dragon Ball series. Like that happens to Master Roshi constantly. And that's what 70s British comedy was for the most part. That's what made Monty Python so crazy is that they were the first guys to be like, what if an old guy wasn't rubbing himself up against a, a Grecian column? <laughs> Have you heard the British dub of Master Roshi? No. 
It's very, it's much more refined. He sits on his island and, and uh, Bulma passes and he goes, oh, Bulma. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect to see a tiger <laughs> such as you here. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Everyone knows the English aren't sexual. <laughs> They're incapable of it. He would just be like, it is time for me to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Parliament is in the morning and I'm representing the island. Wait, he's he's a member of Parliament. It's a very different dub. I highly recommend checking it out. If they take a lot of creative liberties, it's really fascinating in a way. But unfortunately, uh, we cannot take any more liberties in our discussion of it because the time has come to recap Dragon Ball Z Kai. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. I'm ready, Katie. Who's ready? Recap Dragon Ball Z Kai. Let's do it. I am. Okay, let's go. The title of this episode is The Moment of Truth Approaches Goku Back in Action. Looney Tunes Back in Action. Let's go. For those of you following along, last week Gohan was about to get his shit wrecked. But don't worry, in an extremely awkwardly time cut, he is fine at the beginning of the show. <laughs> right, extremely I don't see how the time would match up. abrupt. <laughs> Just... so, yeah, because we have fourth form Frieza. The alien from the movie Alien Frieza had transformed again to an even smoother, uh, sleek lizard Frieza. And he kind of just appeared behind them for an episode. That was what was happening last time. Just a lot of, oh, where is he? Oh, he's over there. Where is he again? But now he's finally ready to, to throw hands. Yes. Throw. He, uh, by throw hands, we mean shoot beams out of his hands. He shoots a beam at baby Gohan, and then Vegeta's like, uh, get, get the fuck out of there. And then he's fine. Uh, the beam misses him and hits an entire mountain range and explodes it into a mushroom cloud, which really begs the question, at this point, how many mountain ranges can be left? <laughs> They've already gone through a lot. And there's a lot this of is, fighting left, too. Yeah, it is very interesting. This is like, it's like the moment, uh, for me just now, hearing about that, it's like the moment I learned RuPaul is like a fracking magnate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like you don't really think about. Oh man, they are destroying lots of mountains. I hope somebody's you know catching a check off of this. You know what I mean? Whoever yes. it is, Frieza <laughs> is a member of the queer community, so he's like fracking isn't harmful when it's sassy. <laughs> <laughs> Me and RuPaul are meeting up to Kiki and talk about which planet to genocide next. <laughs> Don't you understand intersectionalism? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Frieza's Drag Race. <laughs> um so piccolo is startled and he stares at vegeta and he's like how could vegeta know how powerful frieza is despite all the previous examples right. <laughs> thanks for saving me again mr frieza says gohan i'm a five-year-old boy vegeta replies fuck your you know, fuck off. This was a bringer show. I just want you guys to watch me do something cool. Right. He <laughs> says fuck. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, he says fuck, everyone. Dragon Ball Z Kai, whole different edit, baby. <laughs> it's on Nickelodeon. It's on Nick at Night. <laughs> I mean, Nickelodeon is the sassier one. You know, Disney has to watch their language, but not Nickelodeon. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I don't want to see the Disney adaptation of this show with all the child actors they involve in it. Yeah, and like the saturations brought up to like a thousand, like it just like like glaring primary colors, like you're seeing it for the first time. I'm imagining the show is beat for beat the same, except for Gohan is just uh, edited in a real boy in the background of the animated series. Yeah, he's like, wow, thanks for saving me, Mr. Vegeta, puts on sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little boy, but I'm also kind of horny for some reason. Disney has some weird values. Wow, wow, wow. My friend's a dragon. <laughs> Hi, my name's Gohan. One day I was a regular five-year-old boy studying for school in the woods with my mother, who was a fallen heiress, and my dad, who has a tail. Then I go to <laughs> outer space, and that's when things get real kooky. Here's my love interest, a much older girl. Yeah. <laughs> sunglasses on yeah i'm sorry i like got really disturbed once when i was babysitting and actually had to watch one of those shows i'm like why are all these child boys so horny and i'm like wow because pedophiles make this checks because out checks it's what out you want the viewer it's what the viewer wants yeah uh, you know, just good Christian Disney values. Horny, pre-bubescent like, boys. When I was like 12, did I relate to that? Like, was I like, they're horny and I'm horny? That is, that's what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like there's any pragmatism to it or it's I just corruption. Relating to this show, I wouldn't have related to that. Uh, oh, right. Anyway, so Vegeta's like, I'm going to go fuck up Frieza. Okay, you know, it's really uh, serendipitous that we have uh, James on this episode and his excellent Trump imitation because Vegeta really does have all the confidence of Trump before he figured out he lost the election and the, the complete <laughs> sad sackery denial, refusing to take the L uh, Four Seasons landscaping Trump we have right now once he realizes he can't win. He's just oh, on... Yeah. Twitter bragging, he's like, um, I'm definitely a super saiyan. <laughs> I think I understand being super saiyan better than I mean better than anybody, really. I think I understand <laughs> it better than 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 Goku, than Gohan, and a lot more than Master Kami. Kami House, Master Roshi. They called him a big turtle. He was doing a big turtle master. <laughs> and uh man but that guy he just all he wants is women's panties i mean he just <laughs> wants to be near panties and uh i i relate to that a great deal you know he's a very good friend we we feel very very strongly we feel very very strongly about boo feel very strongly about boo <laughs> had a perfect conversation with mr boo recently and we want the same thing. We found out that we want the same things and uh, the androids want the same. Wouldn't it be great if we got along with the androids? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've never done a Dragon Ball Trump video, but maybe that's, maybe that's the next one. Maybe. <laughs> Front-facing comedy. It's the only kind of comedy that currently exists, thanks to Donald <laughs> Trump. The best kind. The best. Everyone thinks it. Yeah, everyone I enjoys mean, it. Everyone loves it. 
Kind of, yeah. I mean, a lot more people than you'd maybe want to, but uh, <laughs> I, I have I have a, a lot of, like, trad, we'll call it trad comedy friends who, like, hate front-facing comedy, but uh, I'm like, uh, you're really going to let, like, a bunch of, like, beautiful uh, children of inherited wealth just, like, <laughs> scoop up all of the remaining laughs in the world. I mean, it, they're making people laugh. <laughs> I'd go for it. That work is, on a couple characters. you know, there's two ways of thinking about it. It's trickle down laughonomics, or you can seize the laughs of the people. Yeah, Trad good, comedy people, people who were raised Catholic and went into comedy anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, uh, this, oh god, I think Vegeta. There's a lot of apt comparisons from from trump to vegeta if vegeta was on twitter yeah. he's definitely racist right i mean he's oh really he's, he's openly yes. racist he Absolutely. genocides races for business even, that he, is his literal profession but he wouldn't at even this be point. one of those he wouldn't even be one of those people who's like i'm not a racist i'm a realist <laughs> like he wouldn't even yeah. be that guy he'd be straight up one of the people just like we need to do something <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He he's not even like a Trump, really. He's more of like a uh, uh, a German Nazi general because <laughs> he puts uh, it into practice and does it. I don't know. He's it's like one worse. of those dudes uh, in the green room before you realize they're not scary, like the movie Green Room. Oh yes, 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 yes. Right. Um, proverbial so, green room, Namek. So yeah, he approaches Frieza. He's uh, <laughs> he's talking shit. You know, he's spitting all this game. He can't uh, really back up. And f he announces that he's going to kick Frieza's ass because in his mind, he has become a Super Saiyan. And uh, it's just really embarrassing for him because we know he's not. And even though at the time of this airing, we didn't know that, even Frieza knows my man full shit because he lets out a little smirk. A coo, 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 whatever you say, big boy. <laughs> this is probably the most Frieza Frieza gets this episode. Oh my it's, god, it's yeah. so Frieza. good. It's peak Frieza. This is the this is top form best Frieza there's gonna be. Just like looking Vegeta up and down, going like, Well, aren't you a five foot four glass of come and get it? Yeah. <laughs> goes, it's very rare you can see someone completely bald from hair to head to toe do a hair toss like this. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> he goes, You sure are funny, little man. And he goes, Scoff all you like. And then Vegeta starts doing power kegels. So, like, a, a an energy thing surrounds him. For some reason, he's on the crossfire board game ad. There's, like, a grid behind him. The sky's green. J-Rock starts playing. Some dude's like, cry at the moon! And it's uh, it's pretty sick. Some extremely like, crazy J-Rock in this episode. Yeah. They never um, use it again, either. I loved the music and I wanted to talk for a second about how good the theme song in this Kai uh, edit. Of wow. Strong disagree. Katie. It, it's, it sounds like the freaking thermals. Like that's what I thought it was. I thought it was that Butch Harris. What's his name? Butch Harris. I thought oh, it was the Hutch Harris. Hutch no, Harris. No. I did that out, Alex. Finest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! I didn't know that. That's some. That's some tea. Yeah. Talk about I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Without multiple tracks, it's going to edit very poorly. <laughs> when, 
Now, when you uh, when you when you spill the tea on a Dragon Ball podcast, is that a Kiki or is that a Kai Kai? Okay. Hello. Hello. I'm I'm an old man now. That's a go cuckoo. As I've pointed out multiple times on this show, Kai Kai is when two drag queens fucking drag. So it tickles me to no end that that's what we screams into the sky. It's Chi-Chi, which as we all know is the informal way of saying father. Anyway, I just have to throw down. I've had several men tell me that they like this theme song and that's okay. I love cheesy anime openings. I'm just saying in terms of cheesy anime openings, there are so much better stuff even within the Dragon Ball lexicon. And it makes me so mad Um, that they were just like, we can't commit to some riffs here. You you know know what I love? I love the closing theme to uh, Dragon Ball. I love the, uh, what is it, Zenkai Power, I think is it's, it's called. Oh, oh uh, yeah. is that, wait, I have to look that da, up. I get them all. Da, 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 Zenkai Power. Oh, yeah, that and, one's good. All original and, uh, Dragon Ball fucking slaps. The, the, the Skies of Popcorn Shower is a, that, that like popcorn shower, I think, is the <laughs> English the 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 loner words that are in all of the Japanese. It's like da 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 popcorn shower. And, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I really I mean, like just thinking it. of that. That sounds delightful. Could you imagine? Oh, it's awesome! It's awesome. A shower of popcorn. Oh yeah, I'd take a popcorn shower. Sure. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll warn you that. now. You're going to be messier coming out than you are going in. Uh, it's about the pleasure. Grease. It's not about the the. It's not about the bathing. <laughs> Certainly not. It's, it's about the butter. <laughs> very greasy but we oh, love it my God. uh so anyway uh so yeah vegeta <laughs> is uh doing power kegels he really thinks he's gonna do it and uh wait sorry i lost my notes here oh yeah j-rock's playing uh you know lights are flashing there's electricity krillin and gohan cower and piccolo was like wow uh this is pretty cool and krillin's like that's why i fucked him up and he's like Okay, more J-Rock. Frieza smirks at Vegeta, and he shouts, and power shines from his body, and everything goes all black and white like a manga panel, and then the dust clears, and the song cuts, and it's over. Gohan says astutely, nothing has changed at all. And then (laughs) Krillin says, no, no, no. The animators haven't decided what this looks like yet. But uh, uh, actually, it's different. <laughs> it's very different. He's strong. He's, that, has he done his big beam yet? No, that's coming up right now. He goes like, all that power. He's like a different person. And then Frieza's like, is that a little kick line supposed to intimidate me? And, uh, you know, he talks some shit now again he's like well if you had your scouter on you would see like how juiced i am are you scared you should be scared i'm a super saiyan and frieza's like okay let's play jeets tries to punch frieza a bunch and he's dodging everything and piccolo's like oh wow he actually sucks uh this is a losing (laughs) strategy frieza vegeta screams as he literally can't find frieza (laughs) Where is he? Where'd he go? He's over there, Alex, on the island, laughing at Vegeta's whack ass. He says, I do one speed full 
full speed move and you're confused like a puppy chasing its tail. And then this is when Frieza goes into a full on soliloquy about how Vegeta can't do shit and how Super Saiyan is not a real thing and the legends weren't true and like what a letdown. He gives a scathing theater review of Vegeta's performance here. <laughs> One and a half stars. <laughs> One oh, gross three toe foot down. <laughs> <laughs> Is Frieza the kind of guy that like reviews uh, different chain restaurants? Like, like uh, the people at this Starbucks. There's one guy who's really shitty at this Starbucks, and the bathroom is not clean. Like the information. <laughs> That is not helpful to anyone. It's like, I know what a chain's going to do. Never <laughs> review a chain. I mean, yeah, it sucks. You're right. <laughs> yeah, he's got a Yelp review for oh, the leading yeah. coward pizza. He threatens people with his Yelp reviews because he feels the power it wields. He's like, well, I see only one hash brown here. I'll see what they think on Yelp about the Myrtle Wyckoff McDonald's now. <laughs> Don't make me take this to chow hounds. <laughs> the power of the consumer is above all. We vote with our wallets. Oh, man. Did you guys I, ever I, have a job where they would like tape up the Yelp reviews like they mattered? Oh, um, I think at a pet store I worked at. Yep. They, they, <laughs> they asked me to make one and then it got a lot of likes. I'm not going to lie. I got a Google notification about that recently. People are liking my review of that pet shop. I Wait, was what asked, are you talking about? I was asked to do a similar thing at a job of mine. I was asked to submit a bullshit Yelp review to help our like flagging company that was back when i worked at a commercial mover in north hollywood uh, and my boss who was very michael scotty was like just go on there and say yeah these guys moved my office really well i'm like this like nine dollar an hour boy <laughs> i was a boy <laughs> i was a boy and he did a fake one too and i see he even uploaded his own avatar i'm like you're pretending to be a fake person why are yeah. you putting your own facebook <laughs> picture in your yelp thing and then also using a fake name they're gonna like use the service meet you and see that <laughs> you were really <laughs> effusive customer yeah that's why i'm the manager here i had such a good experience using all state moving <laughs> systems that they made me regional manager of this office that's insane <laughs> it was yeah, that I, good. I just uh i used to work at i think alex was making fun of me i worked at a pet store in portland oregon for a while and uh, they would put our bad reviews up in the break room to like teach us a lesson or some shit. Jesus. And I'm just, and, and, you know, my job was like, what kind of food do you want to feed your birds? So it's like, you know, the most insane people would write stuff and that we would have uh -huh. these meetings where they would read them out loud and be like, okay, so uh, when someone seems really upset that the concept of organic cat food doesn't actually exist, why don't you just try to upsell them cool. instead of informing them that it's not real? And I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> That's why you got those reviews, Katie. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so they're fighting, huh? I lost my place. Uh <laughs> yeah, they're definitely fighting. Having seen the episode. Right. Okay. So uh, Jeets is flying around. He's, he's uh, 
Oh, okay. So uh, Frieza finishes poem, and Vegeta's like, I'm unbeatable. I think I'm a Super Saiyan. How is this even possible? Uh, the legends are true. They have to be. And then he gets covered in lightning, and then he shoots like a mega beam at Frieza. It's like a, great. a big beam he's inside of. And as it oh, yeah. approaches Frieza, he laughs at him. I loved the beams in this episode. I thought this was a great beams episode. Some fantastic beams. And Primo. you know what? In in a block too with great beams, this better than the last ten episodes. I'll say it. Yeah, you remember when like beams power meant something, you know, in the good old days? <laughs> oh right, because they'd starve us. They'd starve us of these beams and we'd be desperate for them. Now we're drinking all the beams we can drink. <laughs> Frieza flies around while Vegeta does like a pummeling of beams and they're all exploding in the sky and overlapping and it looks really cool. And then he suddenly appears in front of Piccolo and uh, before they can think to attack, Piccolo just grabs the other two Z-Boys and he's like, we are getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. I, I was um, torn by this because I understand the desire to save your five-year-old son, adopted son from the nasty Frieza, but also they don't have a spaceship. So they got to like, they got to just face it, man. They got to deal with Frieza. Yeah. I just guess. deal with it. Like solve the problem. Well, I, maybe like the problem. Apply yourself. I think it's like when you have a really hyper dog, you're just hoping he's going to go all nuts, tearing Vegeta apart and be a little yeah. worn out by the time he gets to them. I don't know. I thought it was a it was a bad mental attitude from Piccolo, and I hope yeah. to see better from him in the future. No PMA in sight. Yeah, um, uh, Piccolo isn't necessarily, I don't think, known for like restraint, um, like as a character. Mm. Uh, he, he was the villain. Remember, I mean, this is this is a bad guy, aren't we? Aren't isn't Vegeta the new Piccolo? Is, isn't Vegeta about to mellow out after all of this, Michigan? He is, but Vegeta, in terms of lore, is a much worse Piccolo than Piccolo. He's, he's yeah. done a lot more nasty things. And also, fun fact, PMA stands for Piccolo Mental Attitude. I was <laughs> say the very same thing. We were all thinking. We were all thinking. We were all trying to get there and trying to work through other different PMAs. I was thinking maybe it was Piccolo's meaty ass. Ooh, that's good. Um, Vegeta is so mad about this. He flies into the sky and yells some more. And then he announces, I am a Super Saiyan and you can burn in hell. And this is when it gets real crazy, y'all. He makes a, a really giant purple beam. I don't know why it's purple, but it's fucking sick. I'm like, look at that big ass purple beam and Piccolo's like, stop it. You'll destroy the planet. Now put that on pause. Wasn't Vegeta rolling around blowing up planets anyway? Like, isn't in the original Dragon Ball Z, he does blow up a planet by himself? He does, but, you know, the way... the What stuck out to me is we're about to enter an arc where the whole concept of it is Frieza shoots a beam into the planet, and then it's going to take a certain number of minutes for the planet to explode. Vegeta, out of just his pocket pulls out this big purple beam purple because it's for Frieza and he shoots it at Frieza and we're supposed to expect that that's the equivalent amount of energy in that amount of time. Yeah. It's just like, this is like the beginning of the end of anything making sense in terms of having scaling compared to each other. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, this just one like, <laughs> I don't know, it's a different color. Fuck you. Uh, I'm Whatever. Toriyama, bitch. I never wrote any of this down. I've been drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then they do the timer, and the time doesn't match up to how time works, and just no. none of it is working together. So anyway, uh, Vegeta does this being that's supposed to be able to, like, blow up the whole planet, and then Frieza simply just does a backflip and kicks it right back at him, and it was sick. <laughs> so cool it misses him by an inch and it explodes in the sky and it's so powerful it like blacks out the sun and sends weird seismic shocks into all of the planet and everyone's like well this this doesn't seem great <laughs> and the way he does it too is like a bicycle kick it rules yeah uh free flipping around a lot Frieza says, uh, I think that's enough now. I have let you pretend like you know how to sing, but it's now Frieza's turn. Uh, <laughs> let's see how good you can fend off one of my attacks. Now, they were almost done with the episode, but for some reason, at this point, they decide to enter in the Greek chorus of King Kai, who's watching from his little King Kai planet. Poor Vegeta, says King Kai. This is the first time the Saiyan prince has ever felt helpless. I have a lot <laughs> of feelings about this. I don't feel bad for Vegeta because he's Come murdered on. millions and trillions of people. He's and crying. Also, why does King Kai care? Isn't he like infinite? King Kai should not care about any of it. Even when, you know, planets are being obliterated or whatever. Isn't he just supposed to be a completely neutral arbiter? Yeah, and I also, you know what? I'm sorry, I don't feel bad when he cries. I don't. It's, he's so sad, though. I he really care. thought he was super, despite not looking any different or doing anything different than the stuff he usually does. Uh, brace yourself, here I come, announces Frieza. He ramps up, and he turns into, like, a little rocket, and he's buzzing because he's, he's, he's going to kill him. And uh, he's already... Uh, Oh, and then that you know, King Kai continues. He stripped Vegeta of his will to, to fight. This is some real anime yeah, he, shit. Like it's not that he can't physically fight; it's just his warrior spirit has been crushed. He somersault. Yeah. Very important. The first thing he does to beat up Vegeta is fly at him at a thousand miles per hour, head first into his chin. Yes. Yes. I've been thinking about it since I saw it. It's like the fucking <laughs> Ralph like Wiggum meme. <laughs> it's got to be the worst way you could hit someone imaginable. <laughs> he, yeah, he really fucks him up here. He like does a somersault into him and he throws him into the water and uh, Frieza stands on a rock in the water and like conducts the ocean to split open like Moses and he floats down so he can like pick at Vegeta, and this is the most psychotic thing I've seen in the show in a while. He grabs Vegeta by the back of his hair, BDSM style, is talking shit, and there's a little crab on his back. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes What's yes. going on here? This is and the horniest he, thing that's ever been on this show. And then he eats the crab. He yes, that's part of it bite. for him, Katie. That's part of it. Like it's corn. He eats a crab like it's corn. <laughs> he bites his head off. I loved it. I, it I was, loved all of this. The punching in the back and the like holding oh, him by his hair. It was it very was, it was very crunchy. It's crunchy it's crunchy TV. 
Dude, it's what is a what so is a crab's sexual. exoskeleton but an external cob? It does uh <laughs> make the, it. it makes the point that you know Frieza is like a lizard man or something. There's mm-hmm. definitely he's got like several stomachs like a cow or something. Yeah, now you start thinking about like what does he eat? Like does he <laughs> do, do they have like a dolphin style feeding system with him where it's like a bucket of raw fish that they're just like throwing to him? <laughs> Maybe he only eats crab and it seems strange because because it's the first time you've seen it. So what is so horny about this to me is he literally says a line from Hellraiser. He goes, there are so many horrors I have yet to show you. And I'm like, yes. oh, okay, bitch. As again, he's holding his hair like he's, in one big like yeah. safe, you know, uh, yeah, hair it's, clump. It's the, it's the correct way to do it. He's holding the whole hair. You know, you guys write me those questions behind the paywall if you're wondering how to do it. Frieza yeah, has great praxis right here. here. Not great with consent, but good with the hair pulling. No. Um, and then he he continues to do one of the few moves you are not allowed to do in the UFC, which is a repeated kidney punch. Yes, he then <laughs> kidney punches a bunch. He does poetry, throws him in the sky, elbows him back down into the earth and then he chokes him with his tail and just kidney punches him over and over again just you guys like were thinking kidney i was thinking um like small of the back i thought he was trying to like paralyze him no he's trying to get that awkward. blood pee he's trying to get the blood pee <laughs> this is for when you pee <laughs> <laughs> I have a series of peeing-related attacks we'll be conducting. (laughs) (laughs) He's choking him out, and King Kai says, no one can do anything. They're all cucked. And we cut to Goku, who for literally the last, like, I want to say 11 or 12 episodes, has just been in the healing tank going, like, better get over there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I should really speed up. Huh. Uh, three more he hours. Oh, uh, Vegeta seems to be fucked. I guess Frieza's pretty tough. And then a machine goes beep beep, and he goes, "Okay, I'm all healed. Soup's ready. I'm, I'm covered in goop. <laughs> Here I am, Goku, exiting the machine. I'm covered in goop." And then he blows himself out of Frieza Fortress. The music plays, and now the goop is gone. <laughs> the goop is gone. No how more did goop. He, how did he dry off so fast? And did he change his gi? And what do you think he smells like? If you're one of the lawyers from the Star Wars franchise, the goop is gone. There was never any goop. You have no grounds to pursue <laughs> Goku litigation. He's um, one of the greatest Bacta attorneys in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did get like a la- out loud laugh every time they cut to Goku in the tube. <laughs> After like the fifth time they did it, where they do the same scene, which is Goku being like, what's happening? Something's happening. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love yeah. it. I I love anytime someone is in a sci-fi is like roasting quietly, like in a big sous vide of mm-hmm. of medical fluids. I, I I it's one of my favorite tropes. It's just such a fun visual and uh especially the Especially the anime version of it is especially satisfying. I mean, I love, you know, Sephiroth looking at Genova in uh, Final Fantasy VII. (laughs) I love, love, of course, Luke uh, Skywalker. Uh, It is really funny, though, that Goku is, like, so tough that he's like, I'm just going to, like, 
smash this machinery real quick. Like I know that there's like, like everything else about the operation of this machine has been to plan and I, I've, I've been a good boy and I've just let it heal me. Now is the time to completely destroy my savior for saving me. Uh, it, I'm going to piss in the face of the medical developments that took me back from the jaws of life. Um, by crushing this machine it, it i made me wonder if goku's like an anti-vaxxer D- does he like oh definitely well goku he, doesn't have a lot going on upstairs is the thing he is a bimbo i mean he's the bimboiest like honestly gohan is a, more of a critical thinker than goku is at any point in dragon ball i feel like that's so true it's so yeah. true and that's because think, they send him to school stay in school if you're i think he would be an anti-vaxxer in the sense where he'd be like they put the germs in your body i don't know about that <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> just like real benign like dummy <laughs> shit doctors oh, yeah, tell us was- what to do but only other doctors know what they're talking about yeah, <laughs> he loves. Uh, he, he's 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 at the very least he's a Joe Rogan head, and you can draw what you. Gold want. bar uh, standard. Uh, <laughs> the wind blows. Know, he's not backed up by anything. <laughs> <laughs> the wind blows. Goku's no longer gooey, gooey, and he uh, reflects on how much stronger he is. Oh my God, he feels so strong. He can hardly contain himself oh my Wait, god he is he is googie his hair does have the appearance of a googie aesthetic <laughs> diner you know i have to it, agree i have it's to pinted, agree it's pinted and triangular and swoopy in uh googie in accordance with googie architecture i just <laughs> yeah. want to say googie a bunch because it's, it's very fun, fun it's sounds. very fun he says i'm coming for you z boys now i'm gonna name you all by name piccolo <laughs> gohan krillin Goku's here. Fuck. And then uh, Frieza's like continues to punch uh, Vegeta in the kidneys and the credits roll. Can I just add one very important transition, which is from when they're at the bottom of the sea being Moses and punching Vegeta in the kidneys, Frieza, Mm -hmm. I guess, gets bored that no one is watching him. And <laughs> teleports in front of Piccolo and says, "Feel free to stop me at any time." And yes, yes. <laughs> this is this is the episode that Frieza really became the gay icon that we know him as today. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's he's he is like. I mean, I mean, I definitely think it was when he was a guest judge on Drag Race season seven. But um, I mean, he's he's a brilliant he's a brilliant performer. I love him. I honestly love him. The G in LGBTQ is for Ginyu. Did you know that? That's that's correct. He does he does look a bit like a drag queen doing Mewtwo from uh, from Pokemon. You know what I mean? Like, if, yes. like he looks if, just like Mewtwo. He looks a lot like Mewtwo. Can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> well, but he came first though, so Mewtwo really is trying to be Frieza. Mewtwo I mean, con- is trying to be Frieza. Yeah, okay, the concept guess- of Mewtwo was like, what if we made a straight Frieza? Yeah, Frieza was in the zeitgeist yeah, way later. Mewtwo is pretty silent. You're right, He's, and and Frieza's well, chatty, he's stoic. You know? In some he's ways, it, this is this is coming back to something we we opened the episode with, which is you know the idea that Frieza is maybe a bit cat-like, and and Mewtwo is saying you know what if we went all the way? What yeah, if- yeah. Get, throw a pretense in the trash. He's just a cat. He's a cat, <laughs> but he's Frieza. But he's a scary DNA accident cat <laughs> is okay. i guess i guess mew mew is definitely a cat and mew too 
this uh, not to, not cat. to mix franchises, but yeah, he's he's anthropomorphized almost uh, a Mew into into what if Mew was a action a cool action figure instead of a furry uh, wish granting. Um, <laughs> I guess right. fair fairy is is Mew supposed to be a fairy type Pokemon or a psychic I guess type? It's, it's psychic type, but that legendary was psychic. It was before fairy was a uh, uh, genre of uh, a type of Pokemon, <laughs> right? Yep. Like yeah, before pioneering. fairy, or fairy was uh, what what countered uh, dragons. I want to say I'm so far from my Pokemon knowledge right now. Why did I steer the conversation toward? Yeah, Pokemon? none of us fucking know. So you're All on you your need own. To know <laughs> is they had the drawing board and they're like, okay, Mew is the Mew for girls, and Mewtwo is the Mew for boys, and we're selling the toys. Oh, I love Mew so much more, and uh, you know what? I, 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 want, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just more in touch with my feminine side. I guess, I, I guess that's what it is. I'm Bug Hall and the Little Rascals. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 well, you like Mew more because you see him less, isn't that it, folks? Maybe he makes me want that. him. He makes you want him. <laughs> he makes me want him. I, and also, I uh, a couple years ago, I got really into catching Mew in the game, doing the Mew glitch for the first time. And it was mm. really, really satisfying. Not so satisfying catching Mewtwo. Uh, I just threw a Master Ball at him and whatever. You know what I mean? And uh, What if you don't uh, save is, the Master Ball? That's kind of hard. What if you just end up throwing the Master Ball at just some Weedle in Ilex Forest? <laughs> I think I threw mine at something not helpful. I think like a Zapdos or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could have just uh. Great Balled. You got a great Those were wild days. Good. Yes. Um, well, folks, let's uh, rate the episode, shall we? No, let's yes. talk about Pokemon for 30 more minutes. Let's make <laughs> this a completely different podcast. Well, we're Alex, about to do this again for another two hours, James. You're invited to come. <laughs> Alex, uh, out of seven Dragon Balls. I give this episode... Sadly, seven out of seven Dragon Balls. This is the reason to watch the show. Frieza is doing all kinds of weird cat-like fighting that you just want to show the world. And he's doing it with attitude in a way that inspires you to uh, have some in your life. And also Vegeta cries and it would just get seven stars for that even if nothing else happened. Katie? Oh, yeah, it's seven out of seven. It's seven out of seven. It's seven out of seven. You got to do it. You Uh, simply must. I'm going to go six out of seven Dragon Balls uh, merely because uh, I am still pissed that Oolong, the shape-shifting pig, is not a key figure in this arc. Um, Or ever again. Or ever again. That is my favorite uh, Dragon Ball character. And... and, um, He's so important in the beginning of the show when the main part of the show is about uh, how cool it would be to sniff a girl's panties. Um, (laughs) And uh, now that the show is about men considering uh, their actions, uh, uh, (laughs) I'm not as interested anymore. So uh, because simply because, but otherwise perfect episode. So I have to knock one Dragon Ball off because Oolong uh, does not get to um, be a perf. That's so fair. Also, Oolong would be objectively more helpful than Krillin in almost any situation. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Speaking of learning Japanese, I just like the Japanese form of Krillin's name so much more. Kuririn. Kuririn. I love that. Kuririn. I love that name more than Krillin. We're all saying it and we're writing it phonetically with the little little guys. Kuririn. We're doing ri. 
and a second re. And then what's that? It's the N. <laughs> Looks like an H, doesn't it? It's an N. Well, because we gathered seven out of seven Dragon Balls, James, we will be uh, summoning uh, okay. the, the eternal dragon who uh, uh, you know sometimes takes on various different funny forms. I, I've collected all the balls. Arise, some dragon or whatever. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, uh, this week on Dragon Ball Z, we're going to find out who's going to beat me. And, and Goku and Vegeta got to fight <laughs> it out to see who's going to go up against Bobby Flay in the final round. <laughs> Bobby Flay? I when did you get gigantic and green? I love I, uh, giant Food Network, Bobby Flay. <laughs> I was, uh, you know what, I, I looked at the Dragon Balls, they assembled all the Dragon Balls, and I'm looking at them and I think, ah, you know what, I think I'm going to go in a Panzanella direction. So uh, I get some of the stale toast and I chop it <laughs> up and, and uh, going, you know, going for more of like a rustic bread salad thing. You know, I'm not worried about my cuts too much because, you know, rustic is part of the flavors, but, you know, we'll see what Martha thinks. <laughs> rustic is part of the flavors. <laughs> Bobby Flay, thank you so much for coming out of those balls. My wish, how do I enhance my salads? Oh, you know what? We're going to have a good time. You know, a lot of people forget that it's probably a good idea. You need to be seasoning your tomatoes. And, you know, a lot of people just completely overlook it. Uh, once you slice up your tomatoes, get some salt and pepper on there. It really improves the dish. Okay, great. That's a wish for me. <laughs> well, Bobby, hey, thanks again for, for coming on the show. Let me, um, let me ask you, Bobby. Yeah, uh, what do you want? What's yeah. Uh, what, what do you want to wish? Yeah. How, how do I get a how do I get a better sear on my steaks? Uh, I I don't get it. The wish. So your wish is like for some advice or something. Yeah, advice. I'm wishing for some advice, Bobby. How do I get better sear on my steaks? From, uh, from Bobby Flay's greatest chef uh, ever, ever ever to live. You know, they had to steal him away with all the Dragon Balls just because he's too good of a chef. Uh, what was your question? You, want, you wanted a you wanted a better my yard reaction. On, on your steaks, is that what you Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm looking for a better Maillard reaction. Uh, you, you can get really get in a lot of trouble. You really want to rock it hot. You want to get a cast iron pan and make sure it's rocket hot. And uh, a lot of people go wrong with uh, using butter. Butter's got a really low smoke point. You probably don't want to use butter. I, I just get some your favorite EVOO, your favorite olive oil, and I'd, I'd actually rub the protein, not the pan. Bobby, I've actually had this question for a long time. Is, is the Maillard reaction named after French ducks? Uh, no, the Maillard reaction is named after the scariest Super Saiyan in the galaxy. Maillard destroyed a bunch of different towns with his freaky uh, laser beams that he does with his eyes and everything. Wow, that's a wish too. Yep, <laughs> I'm fine wishes. with that. Three wishes. Bye, Bobby Flay. I love it when you come to people's town and kicks grandma's asses with their classic recipes. Oh, yeah. I I don't like uh, grandmas with the uh, grandmas can't stand up. I mean, I cook every day. You know? I, mean, I own a bunch of restaurants. I cook every day. Uh, e even when I'm sealed away with the power of uh, the Dragon Balls, you know, I, I, I still love to cook. And people think I can't throw down, but I love throwing down in the Dragon Ball Kitchen Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and we love it when you do, Bobby. Thanks for coming. Now, yeah, sure. You know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, 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 the Vegeta thought that he could cry his way home, but the, the onions made me cry even harder. Bye! <laughs> That's true, Bobby. That's All very right. true, Bobby. All right, bye, guys. I'm going back to uh, Mystical uh, fucking Dragonland or whatever. Okay. Nice. Oh, James, you just missed Bobby.
Oh shit! I'm sorry. Bobby, Bobby, I call him Bobby because we're close, but it's Bobby Flay, the famous chef who's locked away in those balls. Oh, I didn't know that when you rubbed all the Dragon Balls together, that it would summon uh, uh, celebrity chef Bobby Flay. That's really crazy. Yeah, we really blew our wishes. We didn't. We didn't wish for one thing. I don't. (laughs) I mean, way to way to pull an oolong. (laughs) I mean, talk about somebody who blew a wish. You know the show, and that's more than every <laughs> guest we have ever had on the show before. <laughs> well, James, thank you for joining us. Uh, would Would you like to plug anything? It was great, guys. I have a podcast called What Things or What Things, and uh, we do a bunch of stupid. Uh, we 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 figure out what things are what things, like uh, what uh, jackass cast members are what. Uh, sandwich ingredients. I think uh, we did recently um, what U.S. military actions are what colors. So, you know, <laughs> we do all kinds of things. So, uh, What color is the Bay of Pigs? Bay of Pigs? Oh, fuchsia. Easily. Um, <laughs> all right. uh, no Makes explanation. Can't argue with that. <laughs> we, we have celebrity drop-ins all the time like Donald Trump and Jeffrey Tambor and Bob Dylan. Um, Those are all very busy people. Wow. Uh, oh yeah, very busy. But you know, we managed Jeffrey to Tambor, down. especially very busy these days. <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor. I mean, the youth of the nation cannot get enough of Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you can just find me on my socials at Shrimp J A J at Shrimp Jadge, where uh, I'm mostly still doing the president because that's what gets people to follow me online. And also because the president still dominates much of our daily discourse. Hey, you don't need to explain nothing to anybody. Very yeah, good. You uh, stay beautiful. But, yeah, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's the best thing. I'm not on TikTok yet because I left my SIM cardless Android phone at home in Los Angeles. Uh, my bad. Uh, but I'll be <laughs> on TikTok I thought you were going to say soon. you lost your SIM card. I lost my SIM card. <laughs> um, that's right. Yeah, I... Uh, I don't have a bit for that, Alex. You can write one. You can edit one in. Edit in something really funny. I need to go downstairs and eat stew with my in-laws. All right, maybe we'll put that in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, thanks for coming on, James. We'd love when you visit. Hey, it was so much fun. And uh, Alex, uh, thanks for throwing down in Dragon Ball Kitchen Stadium with me. This was fun. <laughs> and Katie, uh, Katie and Jeremy, uh, n- nice to meet you guys over the phone. And uh, see you guys later. All right. Bye, James. Bye. Later, y'all. He's very good at voices. He is. He is. Alex, He's a talented plugs? man. I'll plug Space Trash again. Uh, my original sci-fi comedy pilot, Space Trash. James is in it as a cop. He's a cop who's horny for his wife. Watch it. I put it on Twitter recently. Or you can just Google Space Trash in Vimeo and you'll find it. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Patak Jokes. P-T-A-K Jokes. And that's hey. it for me. You could find me at Katie Rose on Twitter or at oh, hello Katie Rose on Instagram. Please check out Last Words on the Pit if you like all things hot take metal. Uh, last week we had a really fun discussion with guest Nate Garrett from Spirit Adrift, who had one of the best albums of 2020, by the way. But uh, uh, he has some really intense tinfoil hat level uh, conspiracies about how Dave Mustaine is responsible for every good riff. <laughs> ever written and i uh highly suggest you check it out oh that's why jordan texted me about that i was wondering what the fuck he wanted he blamed you for not knowing 
something and i was like jordan you just you just didn't know the answer oh, well <laughs> it was yeah that's really fucked up anyway um yeah and uh hey shouts out to my my child nico nico hands yeah. up we're hands so up. close we're so Another close <laughs> all right all right that's it for this week join us next week Super! Super.